Let's join Pastor Randy as he ministers from the topic, the call to earnestly contend for the faith, drift. pastor for over 30 years so i knew right from wrong i was brought up to serve god but i chose to go my own way and i suffered terrible for it but i thank god that i've had a real Damascus experience and i rededicated my life and my heart to god so that god's will can be done in my life my name is brother randy lightman join me as i share the word of god my Topic today is called the call to earnestly contend for the faith. Drifting, drifting. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I have a key verse. I don't want to read all the verses, but I just want to emphasize this key verse. It's found in Jude chapter 1, verse 3. Here beginneth the reading of the word of God. Beloved. When I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith, which was once delivered unto the saints. May God add a blessing to the reading of this holy word. Praise the Lord. I want to emphasize this word here that's highlighted for content. There are some synonyms that I want to just highlight as we get into this message. To wrestle, grapple, battle, fight. So when you hear this word content, view it in those synonyms. To fight, to wrestle. It's an effort that's being asked of you concerning your faith. It uses the word earnestly. Jude said to honestly, to sincerely contend, battle, fight for this faith. Because it's some real reasons. I highlighted drifting. We do not naturally serve God. We do not naturally wake up and want to praise God. That's not our nature as long as we're in this human flesh. There are sometimes we get up and we may want to, but we can't rely on our natural self to just want to do it. We have to stand on what God says in his word. And understand, Jude takes the position that he encourages them to sincerely contend, battle, fight for this faith. We're going to get into some of the specific reasons of why he felt compelled to give this exhortation to them. But I want us all to know that every day, we are supposed to honestly contend for this faith. We can't just wake up and, and, and just 
assume the blessings of yesterday and the great spirits of yesterday are the same today. There are new challenges, new fiery darts of Satan seeking to ruin, seeking to weaken you, seeking to distract you. Every day, you have to take the position that I must honestly contend for this faith. It don't just happen naturally. I have to do something. It's an effort that is required on my part. It's a mindset that I have to have. Oh, uses runners and uses soldiers. These are people with specific mindsets that call for action in their lives. I have two points that I'm going to use to try to bring out this message. Point number one is called the danger of drifting. The danger of drifting. Point two is the call to contend for our faith. The call to contend for our faith. Let's look at point number one. Point number one, the danger of drifting. Let's go read Jude chapter one again, and I want to read from verse three to verse seven, because it's going to probably lay out what's going on with this Jude uh, uh, um, book. Why this book of Jude, this letter of Jude was written? It reads again, this is Jude speaking to these saints. He says, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the promise of salvation, when I started out to write this letter to you about our common salvation, it was just a regular written letter that I started out to write. He goes on to say, It was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith. It's saying that I started out to just write a letter to you about our common faith, but it became needful for me to exhort you to honestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Then he goes on to start to explain to them why. He says, for there are certain men crept in unawares who were before a world ordained to this condemnation, ungodly man, turning, listen to this description here, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. I will therefore put you in remembrance, though ye once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the, the people out of the land of Egypt, Afterward, destroy them that believe not. And the angels, which kept not their first of a state, but left their own uh, um, habitation, Ogotarian, he had reserved in everlasting change unto darkness, unto the judgment of the great day. Verse 7, even, the, even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal life. Mercy. This is a 
very eye-opening letter that Judas finds himself compelled to write. This is a call not to be fooled by false teachers and to remind you that your actions as a child of God has consequences. So when we go back and we look at what he says, he starts out by saying, listen, I set out to just write a letter to you guys about our common faith. But as I set out to write this letter, uh, um, I felt compelled to encourage you to contend for the faith. Then he goes on to say that, listen, because certain man who was prophesied years ago to come are cracked in, have snug in to the church and are teaching some false gospel. The description he uses is that this gospel is being spread about um, in the sense that it's almost made into a sexually lewd term or use. He's talking about salvation. He's saying that this salvation, they have chosen to change it and to give it this salvation, which talks about Jesus saving us and we have Jesus in our hearts and, and we have eternal life. But Jude's saying that these strange people, these false teachers are coming in and are teaching a different doctrine. And that doctrine, when you understand what it's saying, is an extreme and because it's so off, he uses the word lascivious, which talks about sexual uh, um, lewdness and just being far out there in their little sexual desires. He's saying that they have turned the word of God, the gospel of salvation, into this type of a mindset because of what they're teaching is so off from the truth. Because what they were teaching was an extreme use of the term eternal security. Eternal security is us being saved and knowing that we're saved. Us being saved and knowing how we stay saved. But he is saying that these false teachers are cracking in and are teaching a different view that almost makes the gospel of Christ like lasciviousness in the sense that it's so off, it's leading you into a false belief. Another way of saying it would be we found a way to trick God into saving us. After he saves us, we could do whatever we like because we're always going to be saved. Some may call it and recognize it as a form of Calvinism. Once you're saved, those that are in this Calvinist belief believe that you could never lose your salvation. Jude shows you here that it shows up way back then. Because in the next verse, he goes on to show them that, listen, you knew that 
the Israelites, after they were saved, go from the first part when the death angel came over. They were saved from that. They had the blood covering. They were saved. Jude goes on to say that those that did not believe did not enter. Not one saved, always saved. Those who did not continue in the faith missed out. They missed out. That's what he says in there. He gives you three examples of if you do not continue in this disciplined walk of serving God, you lose out. It's not one saves, always saves. He said, listen, I just wanted to really write to you about our common faith and just give a lot of encouragement. But the spirit compelled me. It became needful for me to write to you about what's going on with this false teaching that's coming in with these guys who are coming in teaching this false stuff. Because if you don't stay in this war with God, you're going to miss out. And he gives three examples. He gives the examples of the Israelites that were saved and those ones that did not believe, they missed out. They did not get the promised land. He goes on to talk about angels that did not keep their first estate. Angels. You can't get nobody more Can an angel lose his state? Yes. How much more us as children of God saved? Angels that did not keep their first estate. They, Jude goes on to say that they have been reserved into judgment. Okay? They've been put aside for a judgment to make them answer for falling away, for drifting, for turning their back on God. And then he finishes with Sodom and Gomorrah, this unholy place. And he uses them in the same example because it's a sort of insight to what happened with these angels. Because this is not all the angels. These are some specific angels. And, and you would recognize these angels if you read Genesis 6. It talks about some of the stuff that these angels done in Genesis 6. And then it uses Sodom and Gomorrah, saying that Sodom and Gomorrah also went after these strange sexual stuff and they got punished. The emphasis is on the fact that Jude is saying that if you don't earnestly contend for the faith, you're going to be held accountable for your actions. This extreme teaching that these false teachers are teaching these guys that you have this eternal salvation, irrespective of what you do after you get saved, he was letting them know that that's not true. Because those Israelites that didn't keep believing, they lost out. Those angels that didn't keep their first estate, lost out. If we start out on this walk with God, we only make it as we stay before God. Why not super Christians? Why not? super spiritual, that we are beyond falling. I'm going to touch on some stuff in here that shows you how easily it is. That's why I put the word drifting in there. And if anyone's been fishing, anyone's ever been in a boat, drifting happens and you don't even know it sometimes. Hmm. You don't even know it. 
You might think you're here and you're way over there just from drifting on a very calm, relaxing day. You can drift away. Praise the Lord. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 2 and verses 1 to 4. The danger of drifting. Hebrews 2 verse 1 says, Therefore, remember, saints, whenever we see this word, therefore. Therefore, always is, is written in our translation to tie us to whatever just finished. So whatever finished in the previous chapter, this chapter starts off by basically saying since. It uses the word therefore, but we would sort of pick it up more and, and recognize it better by saying since. So what I was talking about, it goes on to say, therefore, or since we, therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them what? Slip away. I always say this is Paul writing, because this is my genuine belief. Paul saying, therefore, since whatever was in chapter one, and what you'll find in the end of chapter one, it highlights what our inheritance as a Christian is, what we inherit as a child of God. Okay, that's what chapter one ends with. And as it ends with that, Paul is saying, since you know about what this inheritance is, this great and beautiful inheritance we have as children of God. He says in verse uh, on one of chapter two, therefore we ought to give the more honest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. For if, listen to this here, for if the word spoken by angels was steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape? If we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by our Lord and was confirmed unto us, this is Paul referring to himself and the, the other Israelites that is writing to, it was re, it was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. Those is talking about those that heard Jesus. Jesus first gave us this salvation in terms of telling us about it, and then those that heard those disciples and those apostles that was with him and they heard him. God, verse 4 says, God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders and with diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. Paul is saying that God has revealed everything concerning salvation to us through many different ways. Verse three says, how can we escape so great a salvation? This salvation that's been given to us, this salvation that's explained more specifically in chapter one and the benefits of it in terms of the inheritance and the salvation that awaits us. Our inheritance as Christians, Paul says in verse two that we need to pay more earnestly to the word that is given. God's word. Because that's what's going to keep us. Satan will not always try um, to get you to turn from God. 
He uses slipping and he uses drifting away tactics. Satan is not always going to come and tell you, do not trust God. Stop wasting your time serving God. Turn away from God. Rebel. He uses subtle tactics that cause you to slip away. You end up stuck fasting. You don't fast as much as you used to fast until you probably stop fasting. You don't pray as much as you used to pray until you stop praying altogether. It's a process. Those that don't have an anchor in their boot find themselves drifting. They don't need to even try to go a certain way. They will drift with the coins of life. Paul says that, listen, we need to pay even more close attention to God's word. Because that's what's going to keep us. That's what's going to protect us. That's what's going to strengthen us. That's what's going to help us to contend for the faith. This contending for the faith, this fighting and, and this wrestling, it's talking about an effort. It don't come natural. It's an effort on your part. You're naturally going to drift. We can't help it. I don't care how much you clean your house. You can make it spick and span. One, two, three days later, it automatically drifts towards corruption. A little dust hair, a little cloth left there, a cop left on the corner there, it automatically goes to that. This is what we face in life. We have to make an effort to keep our house clean. We have to make an effort to keep things in order, keep our desk in order. We have to constantly be fixing and rearranging stuff. We have to contend to make sure that this is, we want order in our lives. As children of God, Judah is saying that I'm compelled to tell you that you need to be careful of drifting away. Because I read earlier just now in Hebrews also, it said that those angels, every angel that didn't do what he was supposed to do, they got a just recompense. Everyone that does what they do, that's wrong, they get held accountable for it. Those angels, angels that didn't do what they were supposed to be doing, get held accountable for it. Jude gives you more specificness in terms of what happened to these angels. But in our walk with God, we need to constantly be reminded we're not super Christians. I tell people all the time, I know who I am. I know how much I need God. That's why I'm serious about my relationship with God. I know I'm drifting that way. I know my old flesh will come up in a minute. I know I'll find myself slipping and sliding if I don't stay in God's word. If I don't earnestly contend for the faith, I can easily find myself right back where I used to be and probably even worse. In this life, you're naturally drifting towards your own self. 
You're naturally drifting away from God. Until God gives us this new flesh, until God comes and takes us and brings us home, and we are taken out of the very presence of sin altogether, we are always susceptible to drifting. This message today is for those who are contending, understanding, going the extra mile. These shall kind of saints that are going the extra mile to fellowship today. I'm going to bring up this whole fellowship as part of earnestly contending for the faith. Specifically telling us that if you want to earnestly contend for the faith, you need to be fellowshipping. This is all part of this walk we have with God. Proverbs talks about the fact that iron sharpens iron. You cannot sharpen no iron with a piece of plastic or a piece of among wood. It has to be iron. It has to be likewise. We need each other. Jude said, listen, I was compelled to tell you that you're living in a dream if you believe that you're not going to be held accountable if you're drifting away from God. This false teaching that, 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 that these guys have cracked in and are teaching that you're okay as long as you got saved, you know, you can't lose your salvation. No, if you don't honestly contend for the faith, you're going to find yourself slipping away. You're going to find yourself not having the proper mindset to understand that if I don't live right today, I'm drifting. And I'm not going to come to God until I turn away from this drifting. Unless I take more earnest heed to the word that I hear. Unless I apply this word in my life, I will naturally drift. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 26 to 31. It says, For if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth. What? There remained no more sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful looking for of a judgment is a certainty that is a judgment and a fiery indignation which shall devour the, the adversaries. He that despises Moses' Lord died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Of how much more, listen to this, sir. Of how much sore punishment suppose ye shall he be thought worthy who have drudged on the foot the Son of God and have counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified and unholy being and have done despite unto the spirit of grace. For we know him that has said, Vengeance belongeth unto me. I will recompense, said the Lord. And again, the Lord shall judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. And let's look at 1 Timothy chapter 4 and 1, and then I'll come back to this. Paul says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And this was what Jude was trying to address. This seducing spirits and these doctrines of devils that are teaching people that they can get away with living any type of way when they have took on Jesus Christ. That Hebrews one tells you that, listen, 
they died in Moses' day. Under Moses' law, two or three witnesses, they died. How much more for us if we take the fact that Christ has died on this cross for us? It ain't no lamb or goat or something that's been given as a sacrifice. Jesus himself died and became our salvation. And we accept him as our salvation and then reject him later on. You're going to be held accountable for it. Paul says that God said, I will um, recompense. Vengeance is mine. He goes on to say, it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of God. God loves you. He gave you salvation. You have surrendered your life to God. But if you think you're going to turn and turn back, you're going to be held accountable for whatever decision you make. We have a great salvation. Don't allow yourself to fall into the hands of this living God. Because God says, a vengeance is mine, I will repay. God loves you and has given you this cry today. Watch out for the dangers of drifting away from God. And that's what I want to highlight to us. We can find ourselves drifting so easily if we take our eyes off of God. It's so much out there in this life to distract you. You're not going to recognize that you were sitting off outside of Wofford Bridge because you're caught up in a whole lot of stuff and the next thing you're going to know, you're going to find yourself over by a dockyard somewhere and nobody get back. Drifting happens when you take your eyes over God. Drifting happens when you don't take your walk serious with God. Every day is an effort. Contend, wrestle, fight, gripple. It don't happen naturally. It's an effort that's required on your part. Let's look at point number two. Point number two highlights the call, okay? The, this whole call that's on your life to contend, to fight for our faith. Jude goes on to say to them that, listen, you know, <laughs> okay? You know what happened. You know what happened to the Israelites when they stopped believing, when they turned their backs on God. Don't let this lasciviousness that's being taught by these false teachers that it's okay, you know, you're not going to lose your salvation even though you're living in sin. Jesus said that any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. These old things have to be passed away. We have to be operating in a new way. Let's look at Jude 1 again, verses 3 and 4. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to, to write unto you concerning this common salvation we all share, it became needful to, for me to write unto you because, I, because the Holy Spirit had to have given him some type of insight. And then this needfulness was for him to exhort you that, that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. For there are certain men, crafty and unawares, who were before of old ordained. They were predestined to be this way and to bring forth this false doctrine, okay? Ordained to this condemnation. Ungodly men. Look, look, look what they're doing. They're turning the grace, turning the salvation of God into the, the, the seriousness and denying the only Lord God 
and our Lord Jesus Christ. That born, bringing about this new idea, this new way to worship God that doesn't hold you accountable for your actions. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9 and 16 that for though I preach the, the gospel, I have nothing to glory of. For necessity is laid upon me, yea, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. Jude reveals that he was forced to write this. Okay? He was forced to encourage them to, uh, uh, to honestly, to sincerely contend for the faith. I use that other scripture in, in 1 Corinthians 9 where Paul says that I can't even, you know, take any glory or, or take any fame or recognition for what I'm doing because necessity is laid upon me. Woe is me if I don't preach because I know the truth. And if, if you're sincerely seeking God, that's you can't help but seek to do God's word. When you give yourself constantly over to God, God will put that necessity over your life where you give your all to God. Those on the outside can't understand it, but it's a newness that God gives you. It's a calling that's on your life. Paul says, look, woe is me if I don't do it. I can't take the glory for it. The necessity is forced on me. And this is what Judas saying, I intended to write just a common letter about our common faith. Just, you know, see how he's doing. But as I got into it, it became needful for me to write to you to earnestly contend for the faith. This common faith we have, you have to earnestly contend for it. You need to go the extra effort. You need to make sure you're in prayer meeting. You need to make sure you're in Bible study. You need to make sure that you're passing. You need to make sure that you're praying. You need to make sure you've got a personal relationship going with God. That's earnestly contending for the faith. Not just showing up on a Sunday. When God calls you by name and makes you stand up, he's not going to ask to for anyone from your church to pass him the register to see how much money you put in or to see how many times you was in church. It's going to ask you, do I know you? Have you been reaching out to me? Have you been earnestly contending for this faith? Have you been seeking God for yourself? Have you been working out your own salvation? Jude says, and listen, you know that those, those Israelites who were once saved, he killed them was because of unbelief. Those angels that didn't keep their first estate, he has put them in everlasting bondage to be judged later. If we do not take this walk with God seriously, we'll find ourselves slipping. We'll find ourselves drifting. Satan don't try to get you to give it all up. No, stay in church. Stay around. It's a nice social gathering. It's a nice setting. But nothing's happened between you and God. He don't know you no more. You're doing all types of works in the church, but he don't know you no more because you can't pray, because you won't fast, because you won't discipline yourself, because you won't cry out to God. You're going to drift away. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 2 and 1 again. So I want to highlight this little slipping away one more time. This is the call to contend. This is the call that keeps you from drifting. It says, therefore, we ought to give the more honest heed, the more honest, sincere heed to the things which we have heard. 
This word you heard being preached today. This word you heard preached before. This word that you read. We've got to give more sincere heed to it. Lest at any time, we should let it slip. Let all those great words of God, all those truths of God slip away to us and they have no effect on us. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 9, verses 24 to 27. He says, listen, know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize? So run ye that ye may obtain. Listen to the effort that's being asked. This is not something that comes normally. It's a specific effort that's being called on you to do. Huh? It's talking about a runner. Those that run, they all run to receive a prize, but only one does it. Verse 25 says, and every man that striveth for, for the mastery is temperate, disciplined in, in all things. Now, they are doing this to obtain a corruptible crime, something that, that's going to pass away. You're not going to get um, a first prize, but that's corruptible. But we are doing it for our incorruptible one. So Paul says, I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that is beaten the air, but I keep under my body. And I bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, after I'm preached to other people, I myself should be a castaway. Huh? It's no one saved, always saved. Once after, what? after I'm preached to everybody else, I myself be lost. I'm going to stand before God and God can say, listen, I never knew you. You weren't contending for the faith. You was going to church. You was religious. But are you contending for the faith? It's an effort. Listen, know ye not that they which run in a race all. They run all, but only one we receive surprise. Run so that you can obtain. Seek to be that one. Fight a good fight. Make an effort. It don't come natural. It's an effort that's required on your part. Mercy. You can slip and drift away. Give more careful attention to the word of God because that's what's going to keep you. That's what's going to keep you. Those angels that fell away from God is because they no longer had the respect and reverence for God's word. And when you lose that, you're going to slip away and you're going to find yourself in a place that you don't want to be. Let's look at lastly um, for Philippians. Chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. These are my last two, two verses. Paul says, Brethren, I call not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, I'm forgetting those things which are behind. And I'm reaching forth. Listen to the effort that's being explained to I'm reaching forth unto those things which are before. He uses this word and says, verse 14, I press. More effort that's being involved, contending. I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. This is my cry to you today. Mercy. Hebrews 10, verses 23 to 25. It says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith. Without wavering, without slipping, without drifting, without wandering. Why? For he is faithful that promise. God will keep us with all those promises. And let us, listen to this part here, because it's very important in these times that, that we live in. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. 
not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some years, but exhorting one another and so much the more as we see this day approaching. We realize why in the last days, let us hold fast our profession of our faith without wavering. And we're going to do it by not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. Like some people's doing. We see this day approaching. So we need to be making a point to be fellowshipping with each other. Mercy. Paul says, I'm going to press. Okay? We have to sincerely fight and we've got to battle. Okay? For this faith. Don't allow yourself to slip or to drift. God has brought it back to our attentions once again because this is what we can do. There are many scriptures and many examples of the, of the Israelites. We've got examples of angels. We've got examples of countries. We've got examples of great men of God after doing great mighty miracles, slipping away, taking the eyes off of God. Thanks. As I close today, I want to remind you of Philippians 2 and 12, which talks about working out your own salvation before God with fear and trembling. Every day we want to be encouraged. We want to be motivated because we're going to slip. We're going to drift if we're not. We need to stay motivated before God. We need to stay humble before God, realizing how much we need him. Keep yourself focused in God by not drifting. Honestly, contain. It's an effort. It's not just going to happen. You ain't going to just wake up and just go through your life. You've got to go through situations. You've got to earnestly contain for the faith. Because people are out there giving you false teachings. That's going to give you some false comfort. That's going to lead you away. We are living in these last days. Paul told Timothy that, listen, does the Spirit speak it expressly that in the last days, many shall drift away, many shall fall away, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. This is what we're up against. This is why Jude said, we're going to earnestly contend. Work it out for yourself. You know the actual effort you need to be doing in your life. Just stay serious about your walk of God, and God will help you to stay victorious in it. How shall we escape so great a salvation? What got this great salvation given to us? God says, keep before him. Keep your trust in him, and he will bring you through. Praise the Lord. This is what God has laid in my heart, and I pray that you use it so that God will continuously keep you and take you to the next levels in your walk with him. I want to take this opportunity to reach out and offer Jesus Christ as the answer to every problem in your life. I present to those who don't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior the opportunity to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. This is the altar call for anyone that does not know Jesus. And if this is the place you find yourself in, and if this is the desire you have, 
to surrender your life, to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to take this opportunity to give you that opportunity. Um, if you would just repeat after me. Father God, I realize that I am a sinner. God, I realize that you died and you rose again for me. God, I realize that my sins have been paid for by a blood-stained, empty cross and an empty tomb. That Jesus has paid the price for my sins. I accept Jesus into my life. I welcome Jesus as my Lord and Savior as I believe that you have forgiven me. Thank you, God, for salvation. Thank you for the forgiveness of my sins. Praise the Lord. If any of you have done this prayer, I, I pray that God will continue to reveal himself to you. And as you see the numbers and the, the uh, our contact details, you will reach out to us and that we will continue to be our encouragement to you so that you would be encouraged in this new world, so that you would get more encouragement as you learn how to contend for the faith. It's not just getting saved, saved, and accepting Jesus Christ is the first part. It's just the beginning yeah. of a beautiful walk that you can experience with God. And we need to keep this fellowship with each other so that we can encourage each other as we contend for this faith. Anyone that needs to rededicate their life to God, God waits for you. He, he waits with open arms for you to just cry out to him and make that change. But this is what God has laid in my heart, and I pray that you are encouraged and motivated to contend for your faith. God bless you in Jesus' name.